on this week's episode, Is It Only Murders in the Building for Hulu? A PS5 price hike bums gamers. And it's time to head down to Star Trek's Lower Decks once again. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Vampires and Vitae, also as well, Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and all the great things that we do because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook, and you can catch the many, many videos that we have waiting for you right there on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos, where you can also catch the latest news and trends in pop culture that I drop right there each and every day on Facebook. So if you go ahead and you can catch all that, plus all the things that we do at Pop Culture Cosmos, popculturecosmos.com, Vampires and Vitae, and of course, Wizards of Wine, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is the very frustrated individual right now in the world of pop culture. It is a great person indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today. And please, after a day like today, go ahead and support everything that she's doing today, including Wizards of Wine with Wild Beyond the Witchlight. And of course, Vampires and Vitae is my good friend. Hopefully, he will not kill me during this podcast. It is <laughs> Miss Melinda Parkhouse Ross and Melinda. Mm-hmm. You need to achieve that Zen life state in order to relax. I do, I do, I do, I do. It was just one of those days where everything that went wrong went wrong in an incredibly frustrating way, and not just that it was wrong. It was, like, insulting the level of wrongness that I was dealing with today, so. Well. I'm glad to be here now, though, because it means that the hard part of the day is over, and now the fun stuff is happening. Absolutely, and we are glad, mm-hmm. so glad to have you here as the core member of the PCC Multiverse the reason why everybody's here, they're certainly not here to me to blow out okay. hot air for an hour, that's for sure. But we do appreciate you listening and you watching right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But on tap for a great show today is the PC Multiverse. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, including the success for HBO for the House of the Dragon. How well did it do? And do we like it? Coming through episode one. We'll talk about that, plus also as well, Gamescom had many announcements of many games, and a big announcement for PlayStation, which a lot of people around the world are not liking too much, 
So we'll talk about a price hike for many around the world for the PlayStation 5. That's coming up in a bit. Plus also as well, Star Trek Lower Decks just started Season 3. Our hopes for this show, that's coming up on the back end of the show. Plus also as well, DC with its new Kevin Feige in place. We'll tell you who that is. Made some decisions as far as the future for a couple of sequels in the DC Universe. That's coming up on the show. Plus also as well, our good friend stops by for her August TV update. It's Don Fobbs from the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. She's going to be talking about all the great things coming up that she's looking forward to in September. That's coming up. Plus also her thoughts on Only Murders in the Building. And is it the best show ever for Hulu? Plus She-Hulk episode three and more. That's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend. A big hit because we have returned to the world of Westeros and Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. I did get a chance to see it. Sounds like you did as well from reading the DMs back and forth. (laughs) We'll say that 10 million people tuned in to the first episode, which means it's a big hit initially for HBO and HBO Max. The much beleaguered HBO and HBO Max after all the money that they've been hemorrhaging out these past few weeks. But your thoughts on if House of the Dragon got off to a flying, get it, flying dragon start? It certainly got off to a shocking start. Okay, I, I I'll put it that way. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the scene, and I know you've seen the episode, so I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you know the scene that I'm talking about mm-hmm. was one of the most brutal things I think that I have ever seen. And I have watched all of Game of Thrones. So mm. I've seen some pretty brutal stuff. But wow, that was, it was hard to sit through. I don't really don't want to go down this road too much other than to say, is it really any stranger than the gag in The Boys season three that they pulled off in that first episode? I, I mean, that's completely fair. But what it did, I think, was it set the tone back to the parts of Game of Thrones that people loved so much. This is they true. Love, Good they love see, you know, stuff coming out of nowhere, things that they aren't expecting. It's uncomfortable, but you're glued to the TV at the same time. And I think that uh, Game of Thrones knows that the last season was an incorrect way to end things. And perhaps this is a way for them to maybe apologize a little bit to the fans for what they did to the original series the to you know the the main series uh with this spinoff i don't know but that's what i'm hoping for it felt like they were like remember when it was really great show and you loved to watch it and we did all of this really crazy wild stuff um so it felt reminiscent of all of that and it definitely brought back the love of game of thrones that i've had it seemed like to me a best of paint by numbers game of thrones episode just like let's throw we know what worked at game of thrones so we'll show you the backstages of the political intrigue we'll show you the shocking scenes this time with the city watch and the golden cloaks so now every time you will see the golden cloaks coming your way you're probably gonna go and run the other way because of what happened after this episode you see the shocking scenes as far as all the debauchery and and other things that you're used to seeing in episodes of Game of Thrones. So I think this was like a best of 
that they wanted to hit you up with. They wanted to showcase a little bit of everything that you've seen and come to know from Game of Thrones. So for that, I don't think it's a bad episode. I just thought it was, okay, this is something I've seen and done before in the world of Westeros. I'm not the biggest fan of the world of Game of Thrones. I've said on the show I had to get back into it with season six, seven, and then eight was a total letdown, as you've heard yeah. from me and Josh over the years. But I thought this was okay for what it was. I think that, like, again, I would probably have gone an Arya Stark, as uh, you know, as far as her adventures, or maybe Jon Snow, that sequel that they've talked about doing that he's going to start ramping up for. I probably would have started that first before going back in time. But, hey, it's it's Game of Thrones. And obviously, by 10 million people's standards, it was something that they wanted to watch. Yeah, absolutely. It shows that there is still a thirst for, for the show and for oh, that kind no of doubt. programming. That scream it that, was, from that guy that made was just like, ah! It was a rebuttal. Oh, that's what it was. It, the difference is that I believe in the next episode, we do a bit of a time jump forward. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Good, very good point. Very good point. Because they do, with some of the main characters, you'll be seeing a different character in the mix because they'll be aged up accordingly. Whereas some of the characters will remain the same. So you'll be seeing that excellent point. I just thought that my screaming might have done something to bring that <laughs> Not quite sure what that is, but you know what? Again, you saw the shocking scenes. You saw the debauchery. You saw the political intrigue. You see a lot of stuff that I thought was very Game of Thrones-ish. Nothing that was outside of the box. It just seemed to check a lot of boxes. And I think that's what people wanted. I think that's yeah. what people needed to see. And again, it just was very smart of the Game of Thrones producers to go about this way and to go ahead and do something that they're very familiar with making and everybody that's watching it is very familiar in watching when it comes to Game of Thrones. Yeah, 100%. And I think that uh, if they had done anything and fell short of what we saw in that first episode, I don't think that people would have been excited as excited to watch the second episode. You know, I, I think that if it didn't feel like Game of Thrones, if it didn't check those boxes, it may have seen a very drastic cut in the second season, or sorry, second episode. I don't think it's going to. I think that we may even see viewership come up a little bit between now and the second episode. Watch out for those golden cloaks. That's all True story. Watch out, everyone. Please be careful, those golden cloaks. But what are your thoughts out there on the first episode of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon? Was it as inspiring for you to come back to the world of Westeros as it was for Melinda? And I thought it was actually an okay episode myself. Again, they were smart to go about it the way they did because, my gosh, everybody's talking about it and they've got 10 million people watching it. You can't go wrong from there. But let me hear your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we hit the break, I wanted to go ahead and ask you real quick, when it comes to the DC adjustments that were made as far as Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, and Aquaman 2. Aquaman 2 is being moved to next year, 2023. It's going to be moved, I think, to December, Christmas, Christmas of 2023. Whereas the December movie for this year, Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, is being moved to March 17th 2023 so your thoughts on this i think it's smart on especially on the case of the shazam movie because they would be competing against the avatar 2 sequel mm -hmm. which is pretty much a recipe for death yeah so i think that's pretty smart for them they are going to fill it with a couple shows that that were meant to go straight to hbo max 
they're actually going to go ahead and put a couple of the 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 HBO Max movies like House Party and and some others, not Bad Girl, but some other things that they were going to go ahead and release just for HBO Max. They're actually going to re-release now on theaters because they're now in more of a money-making mindset. But your thoughts as DC now prepares to go ahead and move on. The only thing I didn't think was a surprise with all the changes that they made, because not only did they change these movies, but they changed some other movies as far as Warner Brother movies as well, as far as the shuffling around. The only movie that they didn't change around that was very peculiar was Flashpoint. Your thoughts hmm. on the changes for the DC and Warner Brothers movies that they made this week? Oh, I wonder if it's not if it's such a sticky subject, and I I'm, I apologize, but I wonder if it means that Ms. Heard is going to be taken out of the movie and a new actress put in because the scenes are so digitally heavy, they could almost just impose a new actress over what has already been filmed, right? That's pure speculation. I really don't know. And I haven't heard anything. I haven't read anything to say that that's what they were thinking. But you have to wonder if that's not a little bit of what's going on. Well, we'll see because they have hired a new Kevin Feige head individual, similar to what we've seen, of course, with the success of Kevin Feige over at Marvel. His name is Dan Lin, who'll be the DC chief with his overseeing the both the film and television entities for the DC universe. So we'll see what his new vision for the world of DC is going to be like, but I see some changes in store. I still think flashpoint, you know, going one way or the other on it, making a definitive decision going forward with what Ezra Miller has gone through. And I understand that they are going through the process of rehabilitation and therapy and more power to them. But there's still, with all the bad stuff that's gone on, you got to go ahead and make a decision now on what you want to do with the DC universe going forward. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'm as surprised as everybody else that that movie in particular isn't one of the ones that have been pushed back for the reasons that we talked about last week. It just seems important to give them the time that they need to go through, you know, some therapy and some rehabilitation and, and all of that kind of stuff. So hopefully... We're going to see them come out on the other side of this and and uh, be a healed person, or at least on their way to being that. And it's just, I find it so puzzling that they haven't pushed it back because you're you're not going to do a press junket. You're not going to do, you know, the, the press tour and, and all of that but stuff. But you so. need to, with a $300 million movie and the promise, you, but you can't because you've got your lead star in so much trouble. Exactly what I'm saying. Yes, Exactly. So um, I wonder if a little bit of that, I th there has to be an update coming on that on that movie and the release of it soon. Perhaps, you know, Ezra isn't going to, you know, be as, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Perhaps it's not going to take the amount of time that they, that we all assume it will take for him to get well enough to be able to deal with the pressure of, of going around and, and doing the press tour and stuff for this movie. I personally think only going through therapy myself when, you know, a few years ago, it's not a thing that you want to rush. It is something that you should definitely take time with. And I know that a $300 million movie and you're the lead guy is going to, you know, make you feel like you may have to push things through and, and maybe put yourself into a situation that you're not as prepared for as you could be if you took those extra couple of months. I don't know. I'm really surprised that that's not one of the titles that have been pushed back. 
Well, we'll see what happens because Dan Lin is now the individual in charge of DC with both overseeing the film and television division. So he is now going to be the Kevin Feige of the DCEU. So we'll see what happens there as far as everything going on with the newly stated movie coming to 2023 and Shazam! Fury of the Gods and, of course, Aquaman 2, which is going to be pushed back to Christmas so of 2023. So we'll see what happens. They're actually going to be with Aquaman 2. I think they figure it's easier for a, a DC movie to face off against an unknown Star Wars movie, which is right now on the docket for Disney in, in Christmas 2023, than face off against an Avatar movie coming in Christmas of 2022. Yeah. I Well, I mean, pick your poison. <laughs> That's for sure. That's you for know? Sure. But what are your thoughts out there on DC, the changes that have been made, the obviously still the controversy surrounding Batgirl, the controversy surrounding Flashpoint, the controversy and, and future for DCEU as a whole as they found their own version of Kevin Feige and, of course, made some schedule changes as well. Please let us know your thoughts on the DCEU as it stands right now. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? Uh that's it's it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you well, Here, re- you're going to need these two. Dice? You just had are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, before we hit the half-hour break, Melinda, you've been tremendous so far. We're going to keep it rolling, as always. I wish we were, though, you, me, your husband... The whole Pop Culture Cosmos crew. I wish we were in Cologne, Germany right now. Because oh, we would what's... be at Gamescom. Oh, <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> because that's where it's happening for video game fans right now. Because Gamescom made lots of announcements. It's the second major big show of the year behind E3. When E3 is actually still a thing. Which we're hoping it will be once again. They've said it will be returned. So... Hopefully it will become the biggest thing on the block. But Gamescom is not too far behind. And there were several announcements this week. The first main one that people are really upset about, though, is not a very good one. And that was said, if you were on the East Coast or the West Coast, said in the early morning hours here in the U.S. And that was that for most regions around the world, major one excluded being the U.S., is that there's a price hike in store with most going up in regards to about 50 value in whatever denomination is is what you pay for it in your area of the world. Most likely, if it pounds, if it, basically $50, wherever it is, is that you're going to go ahead and pay for it, except for the U.S. and some other select markets. But the U.S. is being singled out a lot in the commentary that's going back and forth right now that why is the U.S. so lucky to go ahead and have it? I'm going to tell you before the U.S. Christmas shopping season, it's imperative that PlayStation get a foothold. And with a $50 price increase or more, 
that would really hand things over to Xbox, which has stated soon after they jumped all over it, said they're not changing the price on their Xbox Series S or Xbox Series X. What did they say the issue was? Is it the chip again? Is it the supply chain chip, stuff? Yeah, the supply coronavirus. The same excuses you've been hearing now for the past year, two years, you know, they say it finally caught up. The same reason why MetaQuest, it raised the price of the MetaQuest 2 for $100, you know, $100 above what it was and really angering individuals out there. And the reason why they have been very standoffish, they gave a date or a time frame that they're going to release next year, the PlayStation VR 2, but they amazingly didn't give a price on it. So, you know, that's all these things come into question in regards to it. But yeah, the, the PlayStation 5 going up, in a rare move for a console, yeah, two years into its lifespan, two plus years into its lifespan, that's really something different because usually you start thinking about now that the price starts to go down because the parts are supposed to get cheaper, but it's a rare time when the price actually goes up for a console. I had an email last week. It was like, hey, we'd like to invite you to purchase a PlayStation. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not kind of on the fence about the PS5. I just don't think I need it yet. But you know what I'm holding out for? And I don't know that the PS5 is going to do it, but I'm holding out for, you know, those theme bundles that you can get. Uh -huh. I want the Diablo theme bundle, right? Wouldn't that be great? Huh? Huh? Well, it would be great, but it's not. I don't know. I don't know if they would actually do something like that because of the fact that it's owned by Microsoft. So... Not sure that the uh, I know, I, but I can hold on to a dream. I can see a, a Diablo Xbox longer. Series X package, maybe. I don't want an Xbox. I know you don't. <laughs> I'm just teasing you on that. But it'd be kind of weird for a Microsoft product to be in a bundle, unless it was done something like an aftermarket, like a third party vendor saying, "Hey, for this amount, you could go ahead and get that thing." That I I could see happening, but being it like in the box, pre-packaged, pre-done by Sony and Microsoft agreeing on that. I don't know. That would be kind like of some cool situation. graphics on the side of it. Specific controllers with fancy graphics. Come on. It would be, amazing. you know, I was, I was thinking about that the other day. I missed the days of the Xbox 360 where you could customize the entire console and look at right? the console. I miss that. I truly yeah. do. I think that's something that you know, one of these manufacturers should go back to. Cause I really think that would be cool. That's just me. Yeah. Yes, a $50 increase is a little bit crazy. I'm glad that they're not doing it in the U.S. Uh, for as now. We, as, yeah, for now. As we roll uh, into the Christmas shopping season, which, by the way, we are, oh, it's almost September. So September, October, lots of folks are starting their shopping. And a lot of people make those big purchases first. Uh -huh. So they have the big gift early before the rush. If you can find then, it. If you can find it and then you go ahead and you uh, do your shopping for, you know, the other bits and pieces that people are getting for Christmas. But man, oh, man, that's really disappointing. It and is really it, disappointing for it to still be like supply chain issues and, and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not in I'm not in the world of shipping or, you know, making things get places they need to be. But my goodness, is it really still that messy out there in the in the big wide world evidently it must be for sony but it is very disappointing i really think that because the u.s shopping season coming up being so important and imperative to the overall sales for sony that's why they did not go ahead and 
push the button on a price increase for the U.S. for now. I do think people need to beware and watch out at the first part of next year that they don't dump it on you then. That's yeah. just something I'm just speculating on and just providing opinion. That's nothing I know inside or anything like that, but just a reasonable guess. So please beware that might happen going forward. Be out on the lookout. So if you might be inclined to go ahead and get one sooner rather than later, but that again, that's all up to you. But what do you think out there on the PlayStation 5 price hike for most of the world? Japan, Australia, Europe, it's all seemed to be going up in most of these countries. Please let us know your thoughts on the PlayStation 5 price hike. And are you mad that the U.S. keep that $500 price range while so many other countries didn't? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, many announcements at Gamescom because many games were announced. I will say that Sony on the good side did announce that they do have PlayStation VR 2 coming out early next year. Have not mentioned the price as of yet. But that's a good sign so that they can compete with MetaQuest too. But we'll see how expensive it is because we see obviously the cost involved with the PlayStation 5. They did announce a new Elite Pro Controller. Didn't know if you got a chance to see the DualSense Edge controller that's coming out, which they haven't named a price yet, but it's going to probably be somewhere between $150-$200. Looks pretty sweet if you're a high-end gamer looking for a high-end controller. But there were so many games that were announced. Some were maybe a little bit more prominent than others. I know a lot of people were talking about the new Dune game yeah. that's coming sometime in 2023 as far as being an open-world MMO. A lot of people were talking about that. A lot of people were talking about the new Tales from the Borderlands game that's coming out from Gearbox. Some, a lot of people were talking about the return, finally, which has been a development hell forever for Dead Island 2. I remember seeing a trailer for this back at E3 2014 to give you an idea about how long this game is in development, but they did announce it will be coming next year. So you will be getting a Dead Island 2 next year. Talked about Homeworld 3, a new story trailer for Genshin Impact, High on Life. You got to see a lot more footage of that. It was looking really funny. They talked about the Expanse Telltale series, an update on that, plus also as well the AEW wrestling game that's coming out. They showed a lot of that. Killer Clowns from Outer Space and how that's going to be a cool multiplayer concept coming out. Age of Empires 4. Hideo Kojima talked about his new podcast, Brain Structure, coming soon. Warhammer 40,000, Dark Tide. If you didn't get a chance to see that, Melinda, you and Robbie got to check that yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Anything that seemed to be crossing your plate on something that really looked good to you at Gamescom this year? Honestly, I, it's probably, it's you know what, it's a goofy looking little game, but I'm excited about it. I am super excited for moving out too. Moving out too. I know it, look, it looks silly, but um, you know, sometimes you need that kind of a game. Absolutely. Um, I think that I, people... I like- that high on life game is very similar as far as being very comedic and a lot of people are looking forward to that. Yeah, exactly. I, I love a good couch co-op. And with the, they're saying to you that moving day two is also going to include some online co-op play as well. So that's also very cool. I liked a lot of what I saw at Gamescom. Nothing really outstanding or not too many triple A games, right. but a lot of good indie games, a lot of good mid-tier games that might be approachable and easy to get into. The finals 
which has a pedigree and a legacy from the Battlefield series with a lot of developers coming from that background and experience. That seems to be a really cool FPS concept right there. So I'm looking forward to that. But overall, I thought it was pretty good. But with the announcements that were made, it just didn't seem like it had the big high-end feel like I'm used to seeing at E3's gone by. But still, Gamescom comes a, I think it's a nice 1B or a nice number two right now slotted behind whenever E3 decides to show up again as far as a major thing for the video game industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know that you can say that with a straight face when go Simulator 3. They finally showed some gameplay for that one. So and that's what the funny part about is that they intentionally, <laughs> intentionally skipped Goat Simulator 2. That's did, so they, great. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, it's such yeah. an unexpected popular game. And you see so many developers have tried to go down that road with their own crazy games like that. So yeah, some really cool announcements, things that I think piqued a lot of interest for people out there but nothing that went oh wow oh wow wow the really only thing that really got people talking was the dual sense elite controller for playstation and then of course the bummer news that they hit you up with a day or two later in the price change that really got everybody talking for all the wrong reasons so yeah (sighs) playstation 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 all i'm saying is Call your girl. I'll help you out. Because she's been waiting to go ahead and give you the path, the path to success that only she can provide you. And that is Melinda Barkhouse Ross, (laughs) your Sony PlayStation representative. Mm -hmm. You imagine? I can imagine. Absolutely. Sony, we got to get you on the horn. Go ahead. Got to talk cash. Got to talk cash for Melinda right there for you. But what are your thoughts out there on Gamescom? Gamers out there by the tens of thousands going ahead and checking out all the action in Cologne, Germany. Once again, please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And let us know what game really stuck out to you as far as being something that you're looking forward to that you got a chance to see or see debut at Gamescom. We'd love to hear it. Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it's Dawn Fobbs from the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. She's coming right back here to talk about what she's looking forward to in the month of September. That's coming up right after the break. And then Melinda and I are back to close out the show. This is the PC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV. Canada. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I know we've had a little bit of time off from your regular TV updates. I know we always talk about it here on the show, but we miss her so much. She reached out and said, Where's my TV updates? I was just getting prepared. August was a little bit slow on the front side, so I was giving her some time off, vacation, to relax, 
prepare because guess what? The fall TV season is now upon us. And it pretty mm-hmm. much started with She-Hulk and, of course, what's going on with the House of the Dragon on HBO. And those two series are off to successful starts. But what's coming up in September? A lot of good things are coming up in September. And Don Fobbs is back. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. Again, Don Fobbs, she's here with her picks. Don, great to have you here again. I wanted to give you some time off to relax, get into the <laughs> flow of August. It was, you know, kids going back to school and all that good stuff. But you know what? For us TV watchers, yes, the fall TV season is here, and there's a lot of good things to look forward to. And I know you have your picks yep. on what you would like to see and what you think people should see and check out in September. Absolutely. Um, So I know that you mentioned that we wanted to discuss what I think is phenomenal and murder in the building. When I looked at the cast, like I was telling you, I really believe that they have a mixture for everyone. They've got Steve Martin. He's a man of a certain age. They've got Martin Short. And then they got to the younger group. So they have like the Selena Gomez, Cara Delevingne, and some other actors, uh, Andrew Domingo. And and I'm just saying to myself, when you can mix it up like that, you're going to get a great audience and that's their season three so i kind of feel like by the time they get to season three you might have a chance absolutely well only murders in the building has become the biggest success story in the history of hulu one of the longer running streaming outlets and it's had its share of okay shows it had a Mm -hmm. share of successes before the handmaiden's tale which is coming Mm -hmm. back for Mm -hmm. season five that's one of their Mm -hmm. big success stories they've had some other shows that have been somewhat notable but no show has resonated with an audience like only murders in the building and after season two's big surprise and big cameo leading into a season three regular spot for paul rudd mm-hmm. it looks like the show is getting bigger than ever right now it's up for over 15 emmys so it's, it's got a Whoa. ton of emmy nominations so not only is it a popular success for a Again, a network that I've kind of been down on over the years because the fact that they've been around so much longer than other outlets had a head start and really didn't do as much as that they should have with it. Now they've got Disney supporting it. Now they've got Disney Mm -hmm. owning most of it. Hopefully they'll go ahead and and coordinate that. But again, a, a big success for Hulu. And it looks like for season three, it's getting only better and better. Yeah. And, you know, the competition is getting really, really fierce because if you think about um, when they start talking about who's the biggest in the game and when they name like Disney Plus as number two, it's like they really think about it. They have not been around as long as like Netflix and all of that. Their app is only a couple of years old. So they're doing something right. And I think that by them being diverse in their programming, like people were so upset when they brought the uh, Kardashians over there. And I personally have never seen one episode of the Kardashians, but I know it's popular. But I think what they're doing is they're appealing to be a bigger monster than what they are. Like, let's start off with Disney appealing to all the little babies and the kids that love all the Disney shows like The Little Mermaid and all that. Okay, now let's add in a little bit of reality. Let's add in a little bit of mystery. Let's. I just feel like within the next year, they're going to be the number one streaming. I really think. Well, that. again, Disney Plus has started in the past few months, started to garner and showcase more adult programming. Yes. Which yes, I think is going yes. to be the yeah that's going to be the the key to lo- their long term success. I still think at some point in time Hulu is going to have to merge, similar to what we're going to see in, oh, in next summer so? with Discovery and HBO Max. Hulu, mm-hmm. 
because Hulu right now, still, even with the success of Only Murders in the Building, has one quarter of the number of subscribers that Disney Plus has. Right. Combine okay. them in ESPN Plus, any Hulu, and Disney Plus, get them just over the hump over Netflix subscribers at 220 million, but that's combined. Mm-hmm. So right now, mm-hmm. Disney is about 152 by itself. That's mm-hmm. nothing to sneeze at. And that's absolutely, no. like you said, they're the one of the top three streaming outlets mm-hmm. out there, if you include Amazon, because yes, well, yes, you, know, you kind of have to include Amazon now because they, they have a ton of programming now available. But again, do most people buy it for you know what they use it for? What do they use it for mainly is they use it for shopping. But for shopping. as we're getting into September, people are going to start checking out Amazon more and more because one of yeah. my two picks before I get okay. into all your picks is okay. Lord of the Rings Rings of Power on September 1st, which okay. I think is competing head-to-head, week-to-week with House of the Dragon, which has gotten off to such a great start. But mm-hmm. be that as it may, I'll mention my last one as far as picks for September coming up here at the back end. But I want to hear your top five picks on what shows, series, whether they're returning or debuting, okay. your choice, okay. what shows that you think people need to check out that are debuting, that are showing or returning in September. Okay, I'll pick a little variety here. So I know Queen Latifah has a new show that's coming on called End of the Road, and that's going to be on Netflix, and it starts on September the 9th. This movie right here that Tyler Perry has created has been getting a lot of buzz. They said it's nothing like all those other movies that he makes, that this one is a really good one. It's called A Jazz Man's Blues. It's going to be coming on September the 23rd, the day before my birthday. And then, and that's going to be on um, Netflix. And then I'm also interested in, again, another crime and murder show by J.J. Abrams. That's going to be called Lou. And it's a crime mystery comes out also on September the 23rd. Now, if we mix it up and we go to ABC TV fall lineup, you've got the, the Connors, you've got the Goldbergs there. The, you've got the Bachelor in Paradise. You've got The Rookie. So there's quite a few shows that are going to be there. Big Brother, Survivor, and they've got them, you know, the time frames that they come on. The Equalizer. I think Queen Latifah is really doing good in that show. I kind of, I rejected it a little bit because I'm so used to Denzel playing that role. But I kind of like, I think it's because I like her. I think he's coming back for one more. Yeah. Now on CBS, we have season four, of course, of CSI Vegas. And then you have returning is also uh, the neighborhood season five. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the final one, right? Uh, from what I hear, Cause that we, could possibly. Talked, yeah, because we talked about that on one of the shows. So that one yes. will be uh, coming back for it. And then look, young Sheldon is going to have a season seven. So I thought that was kind of cool to have. Well, with young Sheldon now, a, though, a lot of the limelight has faded away from young Sheldon. It still has its audience, but people are now attaching itself as far as CBS comedies in the form of ghosts, which has really mm-hmm. garnered a lot of interest out there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, August the 31st, you have star girl that's coming back. Did you ever get into star girl? No, I did not as of yet. I've heard okay, of it. I've uh, heard good things about it so far. Okay. Um, in October the 2nd, uh, Family Law. And then October the 5th, uh, Kung Fu. So you've got a pretty good lineup all the way through October. Um, I didn't see anything that I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to see it. I can't, I, I just didn't, you know, other than Only Murders, getting into that one, there's nothing that I was just like rubbing my hands going, oh, I can't wait to see that particular well, one. I, but I, 
as for me, I can't say as someone who is very curious to see what's developing, who's been a such such a big fan over the years, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power is something yeah. I'm very interested in seeing again at September 1st. And that comes at a time where early September, okay, you're going to have to get that calendar set because yeah. you've got HBO putting yes. out their House of the Dragon, which garnered yes. 10 million viewers in its first episode. <laughs> yes. First then you've episode. got also Amazon coming out with Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. On the and that's going to go crazy. Uh, yeah. And eight, on the 8th, you've got Disney Plus Day, which they're dumping a whole bunch of content, you know, because I always complain about spacing out the content throughout the course. They of the heard day. you. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're putting it all out seemingly in one day on Disney Plus Day on September the 8th, which includes Ooh. Pinocchio, which includes Thor, Love and Thunder, which includes mm -hmm. a ton of stuff. Which uh, mm -hmm. including what we were talking about before with yep. more She-Hulk and and everything that's going on there. Plus on the ninth, you got what this shows that you talked about on Netflix. Plus yeah. season five of Cobra Kai, which was moved up I from the that. end of the year. It was moved up, which I'm so excited for. This is a huge success story. Yeah, for a show, a series, which is the last remnants of what YouTube series if you remember the first season was actually put on youtube it was actually a youtube original series when they were making original series and that's the only one that's left standing it has been a yeah. big success for netflix i'm so happy to see that they actually moved it up because right. i think so highly of it <laughs> and again i'm just yeah. truly happy for their success it's a, been a great series for me i didn't even like the original movies but yet somehow i've been so attracted to what this series is all about but yeah september yeah. is loaded it Absolutely is loaded. loaded but what what do we expect? That's the beginning coming of the fall on the 20th or the 21st is the beginning of the fall. And they don't want to disappoint us because then the people that are getting into the streaming or that are, you know, got the regular television programming, they'll lose that audience. And they, you know, they're going to have even more new programming for the winter. So reel us in in the fall and keep us throughout the winter to the spring because we know when you go on hiatus in the summer, you lose a big audience because people are traveling and doing things that they do and they're not concerned about TV. So you better catch me in the fall and get me interested. And that's not even including the baseball playoffs. Of course, NFL football, oh, yeah. college oh. football, which are going to be garnering yeah. the ratings. So, And yeah, again, Bowl, in late yeah. October, the NBA starting up again. So yeah, all this wow. is going on. You can see my eyes are tired. That's why I put on the glasses now. <laughs> but I, my eyes are going to be even more tired from watching so much TV starting in on, early on September. On September 8th, when everything comes out, by September 10th, you'll be looking like this. These <laughs> closed eyes. Uh, and, you know, if you if I send you a picture of me with all my hair disheveled, my, actually, my, my brain will like exploded. <laughs> yes, then with I'll all the content, why. yeah. Oh and I have gosh. to say, the last time we spoke, we were talking about the resort that came on uh, Peacock. And I have yes. to tell you, I, I rather like it. And not just because my favorite actor, Dennis Haysbert, I love him so much. Not because he's in it, but just because it has rather caught my eye. When I saw the first episode, I went, ooh, another mystery. You know, I, I, I'm one of those. I fall into that genre of people who likes mysteries. I don't so much like murder mysteries if they show too much, but if it they keep the murder part a mystery, then you got me in. But this, the resort, it was very interesting. I kind of binge watched it one day and was like, ooh, it might have a second life. I don't know, but 
um, pretty good on, on Peacock. And I don't watch a lot of programming over on Peacock, but I purposely watch that one. Well, the thing is, in the past, previously, not a whole lot of people watched a lot of things on Peacock outside of WWE, but things may be changing at Peacock. They've been the laughing stock of this show for, for a true. long time now. Very I've true. teased them on several occasions. I'm not teasing them anymore because they're below the radar. They're starting to get some series people are watching. They're starting to get some things outside the WWE that people are actually checking into. But the mm-hmm. major thing that they actually just announced is that they're going to be going ahead and they got the rights from Hulu to go ahead and showcase the NBC shows the day after they air on television. So NBC fans, if you got a lot of shows you want to check out, you can check them out the next day on mm-hmm. Peacock. And Gerald, don't forget the Mike Tyson unauthorized biographical movie is going to be coming up on Hulu as well. He is not too pleased, but you know, I don't blame him because somebody broke it down today and they said they can understand why he's not pleased because the movie that he's doing with Jamie Foxx that's supposed to come out later this year, it's going to kind of thwart that because it's going to already tell so much about him and that it's just going to cut into the profits of him doing well, his the same own. thing. This is a repeat of what we talked about earlier this year with winning time, winning yes. time whether yes. people talked about it satirically or people were upset it's controversial or people saying it yes. stretched the truth. It already showed you quite a bit of those 80 years of Lakers so that the, by the time the magic documentary and yeah. this latest documentary around Hulu, yeah. is it still going to resonate the same? So it's, it's yeah. dividing the audience unless it you're is. a diehard fan of those subjects like the Lakers or Mike Tyson. So that's what it, it really is intending to do i think to a lot of people out and, there. and if you think about it the aretha franklin movie they did the same thing why can't they come together like they did the first aretha franklin movie people didn't like the girl who played her and so they kind of threw that off now the other one with jennifer hudson everybody really likes that one but for those who already saw the other one they're just like well we don't care now because why couldn't y'all come together and do magic and they just i don't get it but obviously there was nothing mike tyson could do about it just because he tried to sue them and they still went ahead and they now have the rights. And if I can't, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's coming this weekend or the following yep. week or something, but yep. it's like right around the corner. Oh yeah. And you'll and, hear more um, from Mike Tyson, rest assured, yeah. rest assured. But yeah. then again, you know, Hollywood and entertainment, they always seem to get the same ideas around the same time. Hey, let's make two volcano movies right around the same time. Oh, let's God. do these two Pinocchio movies around the oh, same time. Like no. this year, you got no. Disney Plus dropping Pinocchio. Then later this year, Benicio Del Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix. So, hey, let's just all do these things and have these ideas at the same That's time. That's crazy. Before we head on out, you got to go ahead and give everybody an update out there on your tremendous show, the mother-daughter-ish podcast. What are you two up to? And where can people check out everything that you do on that awesome show? Oh, thank you so much, Gerald. So on Instagram, we're motherdaughterish underscore. On YouTube, we're motherdaughterish, I-S-H at the end. And we have been having a ball. September 1st is going to be our one-year podcasting. We finally are getting some great traction on our Instagram page. I think we're sitting at about 18,500 18, people. We're now up to almost 3,000. Yeah, we're almost up to 3,000 people on YouTube subscribers. We have been marketing and marketing and going everywhere. We've been to business expos. We've been doing a lot. So September 1st is our one-year anniversary, and we are going to celebrate and celebrate in this studio and just do some fun things. September, I do have a series coming up, and my series is Wonderful Women. And so I have been interviewing wonderful women that are doing amazing things. 
things all around the globe, from the UK to Texas and everywhere else. And then I'm also going to be celebrating the podcast for my birthday. I'll be in Oaxaca, Mexico. So I'll be there for two weeks and I'll be celebrating and talking about the excitement of, you know, podcasting for a year and where we're going beyond here. Cause we've got some really major ideas of what we want to do with the podcast, possibly even going over to Roku or something like that with adding that as a piece of it. But we want to just expand this podcast and we're really having a great time. So for those who would like to hear what we are talking about, we are on YouTube at mother daughter ish and Instagram mother daughter ish underscore. There you go, indeed. Please go ahead and support this awesome podcast today. She and her daughter have got a lot of stuff going down at that great Mm -hmm. podcast. You need to go ahead and subscribe today, the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. Thank you. Well, Dawn, we'll see the aftermath when we go ahead and and meet next, probably late September, early October, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's going to be, I don't know, you Mm -hmm. and I both from all the TV, we're probably going to have to like, Get some maybe ice bags for our eyes. Ice bags from all the, yeah, <laughs> right before I, I we come have, on. <laughs> yeah, or like like the old cartoons used to put the steak over your eyes. You know, oh that, yeah, yeah, the raw steak. <laughs> to hold yeah, up. The- <laughs> so I may have to wow. do that because I'll be seeing so much television next month. I'm warming up for it now, but it's been it's a tremendous be time talking to it's you. It's gonna be fun watching all those programs and seeing what we think about it. It'll be fun. It, It'll be fun, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts. And remember, October is still going to debut a lot of great shows, too. So we'll I, definitely I know, talking. I know. Yeah, so mm-hmm. ah, the fun never ends. I'm glad you had some relaxing time off. Back to TV watching. It's time once again. The fall TV season is here, and there's no better person in the world to cover it than Don Fobbs, the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. And Don, truly thankful that you are part of what we're doing here at The Pop. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. It's the PC Multiverse. Thank you so much to Don Fobbs from the Mother Daughter Ish podcast, as always, for stopping by for her monthly TV report. But once again, it's Vampires of Vitae. You know what? You can still check all the backlog of episodes today wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, check out Wild Beyond a Witchlight and Wizards and Wine today on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. There are many, many episodes you can catch up on while they're on vacation. So when they yeah. come back, you'll be caught up right there at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Indeed. But my friend, before we head on out, a couple last things to talk about. She-Hulk episode two kind of still didn't really explain the Titania reasons why she crashed through in the courtroom in episode one. It's something to deal with as far as traffic court. So she threw a desk at some jurors in a different courtroom because she was mad. She got a ticket of some kind. I don't know. Really didn't explain it. It's like a blink if you miss it scene, but it was more about Jessica Walters trying to go ahead and find a new job because she got fired for the battle with Titania. 
And now it led her into a private law firm that wants to become a superhero or supervillain, however you want to see it, law mm. firm, defending superheroes and supervillains alike. And also as well, her first case that she gets is the abomination in order to defend him and try and get him released. So your thoughts on this? I thought it ended up better than how it started out. Still not hitting all the right notes with me, but what I see so far, it's okay. And I think the the CG, maybe because it's TV, I'm not sure. She still seems kind of floaty, especially when she walks. It's not like she's walking step, step, step. It's like she's right. like going high and low. The lip syncing is not perfect, but I think you'll see her character in a movie. I think it's going to be a lot better, but for now, it's okay. It's okay, and I think I'm having a decent time with it. Some of the things that I have read about it were like, you know, having a, a bit of an issue with, especially in the first episode where they're on the cliff and the two Hulks are talking to each other and she's like, rage, I've had rage my entire life. When Hulk was like, how are you this good at this already? She's like, I know how to deal with my emotions. I've been dealing with it for forever because I'm a lady <laughs> and we're always angry and we're always frustrated. And some of that does ring true. I won't say there's everyday frustration, but my goodness. And that's what I think is one of the benefits and bonuses of She-Hulk is that you're seeing things from the perspective of a woman and how they're reacting to not only this situation, but everyday life and how she wants to continue her career and her passion and what she's gone to school for. And she has to deal with her crazy family that thinks one way and you know, just like a, any stereotypical family that's, you know, gets on people's nerves when they go ahead and it goes back to those family dinners that really kind of annoying at times and, and how they want to run your life. And yeah, a lot of the things that normal people go through in a daily basis, and it has a great perspective on that. So for that sense, I really like that part of it. It's just, again, telling an overall narrative, still think it needs to get there. The Titania situation, again, still, I don't know why really you would go ahead and go off like that just because of a traffic court situation, as was briefly mentioned on the episode, but Still, it's hitting more right notes than what it is. Yeah, and I think that's completely fair. It's only the second episode, so all of that stuff may may come out in the wash. We don't know yet, but I'm excited, and I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. It's been fun. Been fun indeed. But what are your thoughts yeah. out there on She-Hulk Episode 2? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, Melinda, one last thing I want to go ahead and touch on. And that is Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3. I know with Star Trek fans, this is kind of like hit or miss because it comes to like a Rick and Morty crazy style thing, but it's hitting the right notes with me. I know it's not hitting the right notes with every Star Trek fan, but I think it's still doing well. It's it's very popular. Paramount Plus has already green-lighted another season for it. So your thoughts on Star Trek? Lower Decks, as season three, opened up this week for another fabulous episode. It's really fun when you can see Star Trek not take itself so seriously. And I think that that's what Lower Deck does. It almost feels like it's a bit of a pressure valve where they can they just let all of the silly out in the cartoon and then they can get back to, you know, the, the serious stuff when it comes to the shows and things like that. So. That's that's my take on it. That's how I've been looking at it. I, I know that I don't always share the popular opinion with the majority of Star Trek fans. I seem to be a bit of a contrarian there, and it's never on purpose. 
But no, I, I think the, the show is great. I think if you just look at it as the pressure valve for folks to get their silly out when it comes to Star Trek, you should be fine with the show at that point. I think so. I think people yeah. just need to relax on it. I think they need to enjoy it for what it is. It's a funny 30-minute show. It really yeah. does a good job of entertaining. It's lighthearted. It's good-spirited. And I really think that it's a cool way to go ahead and get the Star Trek brand out there to a younger audience, which is something that they've needed to do to go ahead and see if they can get it on an even or a more even plane with Star Wars. That, I think, is very important to them as far as how they want to approach the Star Trek universe going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, like here, the big Star Trek convention is coming really soon, right? Is it? Mm-hmm. It might even be this weekend. I, I will know. check on that. I know that there are a couple of the voice actors who are from the show who will be at uh, at the convention. Oh, they're so, always there, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just like, you know, they're they're making the rounds and and they're out meeting fans and and they're there to, you know, have a chat and all of that stuff. So they seem as accessible as any of the other actors from any of the other uh, Star Trek series. So I I think it's great. I think that you're absolutely right. Star Trek needed to do something to appeal to a younger audience. And I think that this was a very smart way for them to do it. So hopefully, if you're a big Star Trek fan, visiting the Bally's Hotel and Casino this weekend for the Star Trek 56-year mission. Yeah. 